This is a Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. All right, good afternoon. Welcome to library, everybody. My name is Troy. I'm one of the librarians. This is our last event for our One Book, One College program on garbage land. So we spent the last year talking about sustainability, garbage, and how we live in this world without trashing it, or how do we stop trashing it. So... Um, to close out our events, we're going to have a very local focus on this campus and the things that are happening here at Moraine. So uh, we have uh, people from our campus that have interesting perspectives to offer, so I'll do quick introductions. Starting at the far end of the table is uh, Mr. Rick Brennan, who is our Director of Facilities. To his left is uh, Lindley White, who's the Dean of Workforce Development. To his left is Stephanie Preseller, who's the coordinator of sustainability, sustainability coordinator on campus. So she's uh, how many weeks, month? Uh, six. six weeks on campus. So pretty, very new. Threw her into the fire here. So put her to the test. Uh, to her left is Jane Joyce, who's our student representative, who's a member of our green team and has perspectives to offer from uh, the student point of view. Um, yeah, Jane. <laughs> I had fans in the crowd. And we're missing uh, Michelle Zorowski. She is working with a few students. She will be here directly. So if you see her sneak up, her, up here, um, she's going to offer faculty perspective, some of the things happening in the curriculum. And I will now turn it over to John Nash, who's uh, in our speech department, who will moderate and keep us on time and keep things moving along. So thank you, everyone, for coming. And um, I'll go to John. Thank you, Troy. If anyone in the audience has questions, I'm going to ask you to save them to the end, so go ahead and jot them down. And then uh, the last few minutes, you'll be able to ask panelists questions if you so desire. So, Rick, we are going to start with you. And I was wondering if you could start by filling us in on some of the recycling efforts that Moraine Valley um, is and has or will be taking. All right. Then um, our department, which is considered con uh, campus operations, consists of maintenance, grounds, uh, custodial, and we also handle all the construction on site, on the college site. Um, presently, we're in recycling. We recycle our oil from the motor vehicles, all our pallets from deliveries, um, all scrap metal from the colleges, from automotive, and throughout different departments. Uh, we recycle our paper, our cardboard, our plastic, our aluminum. Um, even the fluorescent bulbs over your head, uh, those are uh, all like a green label on those, uh, which are energy efficient and they also contain low mer mercury content. Uh, vehicle batteries from the vehicles. Um, what else we do? Lights uh, and other different battery systems and stuff from our emergency lighting systems around the school. Um, housekeeping. For as we're talking about green, uh, we're about 99% uh, cleaning products. Um, we basically have installed electric hand dryers to cut down on paper use throughout the school. Even our vacuum cleaners have HEPA filters for people's allergies and dust. And even our cleaning contractors use uh, towels called microfibers and stuff for wiping. And again, it keeps down the dust and less contamination between cleaning washrooms, cleaning offices, and such. Um, that's what we do on the recycling end. Um, what we've done, if you've noticed, as you go around this school and stuff, you can see a few buildings that are under construction. Um, what that represents, about 30% more square footage added to the campus. Inside those buildings and stuff for the HVAC systems, you'll probably find the most efficient boilers on the market today. You also, for our air handler systems, for basically pushing air 
making chiller systems for chilled water, they are the most efficient that the market does have today. Um, uh, what else we got in our plan here and stuff? You could also see the courtyard around the buildings and stuff. We're slowly weaning ourselves on our sprinkler systems where we use domestic drinkable water. And what we do is we're in the process of putting another well out here in the courtyard. And then it, that, when that's all said and done, by the end of the year and stuff, we'll be no, no longer using Lake Michigan water to do any kind of irrigation anywhere on this campus. Um, those are my efforts, what we're doing over in our department. They sound amazing. I can't wait to hear more about them, too. Um, Marine Valley just isn't in this alone. So, um, Lindley, if you wouldn't mind talking about some of the partnerships that Marine Valley has been coordinating with other colleges and organizations um, to make this not just a school effort, but a community effort. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, some of the uh, efforts that we're doing in workforce development, we are the economic development arm of the college, and we do a lot of non-credit workshops, okay? The economic development portion of our green efforts uh, include working with local economic development coordinators from municipalities and other communities, and also working with the state of Illinois. Right now, we're working on an effort to uh, see if we can't bring some of the manufacturing of like the wind turbine components into our manufacturing companies, obviously trying to bring some of those jobs back. Many of these, uh, the windmills that you see out in the western part of the state are actually manufactured in other countries, Spain, European Common Market, Canada, etc. Uh, the state of Iowa has been very active trying to get some of the components there and they're actually starting to, to manufacture the blades in Iowa. Uh, Indiana has been very aggressive in this, and we are part of an effort here in Illinois to bring some of that to the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, another program that we're working with right now, and we are the leader in the state in this, is there's a, a program nationally called Residential Energy Auditing, where people go and they're called raters. They audit houses to determine the energy efficiency of a house. And uh, we are attempting to uh, create a credit certificate that will hopefully be completed this fall. We have a grant from the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Development uh, to bring this to the community college system. And we're going to create it here, and then we're going to share it with the surrounding colleges. And our goal is next year to implement it statewide. So every uh, community college, and there's 48 of us in the state of Illinois, would have an opportunity to benefit from our labor here at Moraine Valley Community College to create a credit certificate for this. So that's two of the partnerships that we're working with right now. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Stephanie, you also um, have some information on some, some sustainability task forces. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. And welcome to Moraine Valley. Oh, thank you. So. Thank you very much. Um, happy Earth Day, everybody. Yes? Um. <laughs> There's some hot dogs out in the... Some hot dogs. All right. <laughs> Didn't they're reused. They're, oh, they're, they're sustainable. They're reused. They're recycled. Yeah, I wanted to talk about a couple of things that um, I think are very exciting as far as uh, partnerships and collaborations that Moraine is involved in. We're in a great position as an institution of higher education because we have these resources of other institutions of higher education, and we all like to share and kind of talk about what great things we're doing and, and try to compare how great they are to other great things going on. So um, one of those partnerships that we have or uh, collaborations that we're involved in is the uh, South Metropolitan Higher Education Consortium Sustainability Task Force. And we're really rooted in that um, 
as Andy Duran, our Vice President of Administrative Services and College Facilities, is one of the co-chairs of this whole consortium, and there's several colleges and universities involved in that. Its mission is to network our institutions in order to strengthen our capacity to leverage resources and information, particular to sustainability and the application of renewable practices. So what it is is um, a bunch of leaders coming together who have sustainability as a focus, sharing what's going on within their college campuses and communities, and then also figuring out who knows who knows about this specific sustainable topic? So maybe it's energy conservation, and maybe um, it's Moraine Valley who's doing really well at that, and we've gone through, say, a you know, hypothetical situation. We've gone through a huge carbon footprint. We totally understand this process. We have the resources. We'll invite the other members of this consortium here to go through a training or to go through a discussion about that and share that so that they can go and implement that on their own campuses. And what that does is not only further sustainability here, but it does that throughout our consortium and hopefully impacting students and faculty and staff so that they carry that on in their own personal lives. So that's a great um, attribute to this kind of consortium, just moving sustainability forward in a, in a huge exponential way. And then another thing that we're involved in, it's a little less than a, um, it's not quite a task force, but it is something that, that uh, colleges and universities across Illinois are involved in. So eventually we'll be developing more relationships from this as we implement this strategy and learn from it and share what we've done. And that's the... Um, Illinois Green Government Coordinating Council has a Illinois Sustainability University Compact. This was something put in place by then Lieutenant Governor, now Governor Pat Quinn. Um, we signed on to this about two years ago, and the compact is due, uh, your goal, your commitment is due to complete um, December 31st, 2010. There are about 12 items on this compact that say, you know, do this, do that, and that'll help you make uh, your campus more sustainable. We've agreed to say that we're going to do 85% of these things, which I think is a huge and fantastic commitment. That was something that was done as a board initiative. So the board of directors adopted this and, and said, yes, we as a college community want to make this a priority. This is something that I've been asked to help coordinate, so I'm really excited about it. Um, several things that we're already doing here. Uh, one is to promote sustainable transportation op options. That would be Sci-Rides and, er, and Pace Bus. Um, if you're not aware, Sci-Rides this week, anybody who who joins that and participates gets their name in a bucket, a virtual bucket, of course, we're not going to do paper. And then um, at the end of the week, we'll draw names and you'll win a $50 gas card. So if you haven't heard about that, you might want to sign up. Um, we have... Uh, Stephanie, yes. could you maybe just explain a little bit more about SciRides? Like, where do they sign up? Um, I, I don't know if everyone in the audience knows what they are. Okay. Kind of SciRides is a sure. SciRides is a carpooling initiative. It's um, something that Moraine instituted. Any idea? It this was year. this year, right? Okay. Fall of this year, and if you go to morainevalley.edu on the homepage, bottom right corner, there's a logo that you can click on, and it'll take you to signing up for that. And um, 
it's, it's a carpooling initiative. So what you do is you put your name there, you put your email there. Only people with morainevalley.edu can sign on to this, so it's only for people here within our community, our safe network. Um, you put where you're going to or where you're coming from, what do you need? You, you can give a ride or you need a ride. And then other people go on there and they say, I need a ride. And you've put, you can give a ride and you happen to live in the same neighborhood and you meet up and ta-da, you have carpooling and you have the same class schedule or you have the same work schedule and it works out so that you're not both driving individually alone in your car and, and having that much more of a carbon footprint um, to your commute back and forth from campus. So that's what SciRides is, and it's free. Um, and there's several other things on here that we're actually already doing, and uh, we're working towards meeting that 85% goal by 2010, and we're doing a really good job. So I'll pause there. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Jane, thank you so much for coming and being a student representative. Um, I think I remember meeting you for the first time at the last panel we had on environmental issues last semester, and you were in the audience asking amazing questions. So I commend um, you and other students in the audience for actually coming and participating in what Moraine Valley has to offer. So thank you. Um, could you please maybe tell us what your first personal experience, like that first initial sense of social responsibility that came to you and what got you involved in this uh, going green effort? Sure. Um, I think my f initial reaction to social responsibility was just knowing what it was. I was like, social responsibility, I mean, besides like, you know, picking up things that are mine, uh, that I leave on the ground, my trash, um, you know, saying please and thank you. Um, this, the, the, the word social just had a different, you know, dimension, I guess, to it. And the more I started learning about, you know, social responsibility, it went past, it went beyond, you know, recycling, it went beyond, you know, consuming too much or, you know, um, the whole idea of recycling or, you know, sustainability. It was just being, a, I guess, um, a person who is just aware of what's around and being aware of what you need, not so much of what you want. Um, so just an understanding like the culture that we um, live in is counter to that idea. Um, so just when I was in high school, you know, um, I was engaged in a couple of like projects um, and just creating awareness, creating awareness about recycling, awareness about, you know, consuming too much, and one of the things that um, I like to do is, you know, to write. I, I work uh, for the student newspaper here, um, so what I asked um, is that I wrote a column every issue just about, you know, being, you know, a more socially responsible person, you know, and my experience, you know, you know, just as a new, as, as a novice, just saying, you know, this is what social responsibility is, and this is how, you know, I'm going to take a personal um, approach to it. Um, and it, it took me to a lot of great places. Um, a couple summers ago, um, just just saying that you wanted to recycle and you liked working with other people, I got to go to Lollapalooza for free. Um, just to, I hung out in like crowds and I just asked them for their water bottles. I carried around a bag and I saw Radiohead, you know, at the end and that was amazing. Um, I was off my shift. Um, and I got to go... Um, with that experience, um, I was um, nominated to go to a leadership development camp in Pennsylvania for the Sierra Club. And if you guys don't know what the Sierra Club is, it's an environmental 
um, and conservation uh, organization that's been around, um, I think, since the early 1900s. And they're here with a bunch of energetic, like, people who love to be outside and, you know, share ideas and share experiences. It's just about, like, whatever you like doing, but how you can be a more socially responsible person in terms of, you know, writing, in terms of, you know, you know, playing music in terms of, you know, learning chemistry, mathematics, how are you able to, you know, just to share your experiences and ultimately um, be more aware of the world around you. Um, and, you know, from there, I, I brought that information, you know, back to Moraine Valley and, you know, I asked if, you know, can I be on this green team? This is, you know, it's really interesting. You know, I want to I wanna learn more about how, you know, an economics teacher, how a math teacher, how an, you know, an art teacher can all be, you know, sustainable. Like, well, you know, what does that mean? Um, I thought, you know, sustainability was just in biology. Um, it goes beyond that. It's, it's, you know, what I learned, a way of living, it's a way of thinking, um, and it's a way of acting. Um, and, you know, from the, the, the student perspective, um, what I've seen at Moraine Valley uh, since I've started here, I, I was, I took classes when I was in, uh, I think a senior in high school, I took summer classes. Um, and I barely saw any, you know, recycled bins. I was happy when I saw those. Um, but, you know, just the, the direction that Maureen Valley has um, taken in terms of, you know, being more social responsible, social responsible um, just, you know, with recycling bins. And now they're going to have, like, um, a composting workshop, um, which you guys all learn about on Friday because I know you'll be there. Um, and just... Just having Earth Week, and just, uh, I know if you guys were here last year, um, you know, we'd had a lot of, like, fun activities. Um, there was um, so much fun that I can't remember at the moment. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I know, like, I, there's a couple of people that I met, that they made jewelry, um, and they just sold their jewelry, you know, as, like, a homemade, like, thing, or they made, like, recycled material. Um, we had... Um, poetry readings, you know, outside, and just like, you know, talking about nature and whatnot. Um, I know last year they had like a $50 um, certificate um, to anyone who's wearing green, just randomly. So you were wearing green, and the person who was, had that gift card, you know, walking down the, the quad, they'd be like, here you go, you won. For what? Just for wearing green, you know, for Earth Week. You know, and so just, just celebrating, you know, that just this awareness, you know, this. You know, wherever you are in terms of, you know, being a social responsible, you know, citizen or, you know, learning about sustainability, just, you know, you're making that first approach. And I think that's what Maureen Valley um, is just trying to, um, just trying to uh, facilitate with the, with the students, you know, with Earth Week, with um, having, you know, the one book, one college theme be, you know, um, about sustainability with the book Garbage Land. Um, and we've done a lot of great things this year already um, with, with the biology club um, when we had the, the first hundred days and they talked about um, what, you know, uh, pledging um, or pledging statements to Obama saying, you know, you promised that you would do um, all of these sustainable actions in the first hundred days. We're just, you know, encouraging you to, you know, to keep with it and not forget and uh, to, you know, really focus on a carbon footprint and find alternative energy um, solutions um, and you know just this week alone unfortunately with the, the weather we didn't get to go on the nature study walks and um, something else that happened yesterday but I mean we still get to celebrate Spring Fest and you know learn about how, what other clubs are doing that are you know sustainable and you know tomorrow um, I know the, 
the environmental club uh, at Maureen, the Earth Tribe, they're going to try and have a composting workshop. And again, on Friday, another composting workshop. So you guys have two days to experience, you know, how, how could you make your trash, you know, work for you? You know, like, how could you use the nutrients in trash to have, like, a better garden? And, and it can happen, you know, as, as weird as that sounds. Like, you can, you can make trash work for you. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, that's, I'm just really excited to just be a part of, like, this movement. And I hope that just, like, with my, with my energy or, you know, if I can share with other students, you know, like, their, their passions and how we can work towards um, learning more about sustainability with, you know, everyone's passion. Thank you, Jay. Um, you started talking about making trash work for you, the audience. Um, let's go ahead and shift our focus. Uh, we just went down the, the panel, and you all explained what you've been doing and how you've helped in the organizational process. Um, what would you suggest, like what would be the one major suggestion that you could give for people in the audience today, um, how they could change to help go in a more sustainable manner or going green? What's one um, real life change that each person could make? So I'll give you just a moment to think about that and then whoever is ready to speak up can go right ahead. One. <laughs> I think that when we talk about sustainability, it's very important to uh, recognize how everything is connected. And uh, if you do this one thing over here, it will eventually affect this thing over here. I think what our major sustainability issue focus is right now is energy and it's energy consumption so my one suggestion for individuals would be to try to figure out what in your life uses energy how are you using it and how can you shift that to be in a responsible way it's not just you know, do you leave the lights on when you leave the room? If you're using CFL light bulbs, it actually might be better to leave the light on if you're going in and out because that can burn them out. So, you know, learning about energy and then how to use it efficiently, I think, is the one thing that I would suggest to you. Thank you. I'm new to the community. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've only lived here for 10 months. And my life has changed considerably as far as green moving to the suburbs. Uh, prior to moving up here, I was able to recycle aluminum cans, and that's the only thing the community recycled was aluminum cans. Moving up to this uh, community, we can now recycle cans, paper, um, plastics, everything that you recycle, Rick, we can recycle up here now, oddly enough. Uh, also, looking at me, you probably wouldn't believe that in my house I have vermicomposting. You know what that is? That's a worm farm in your house. Dean White has a worm farm in his house. Now, that's probably because his daughter is a vegan and she has it down in her part of the house. And I also work in the same office as our sustainability coordinator, so my life is continually changing here. You know, but there's a lot of things that we can do as individuals, and my advice is control what you control. I control what I can recycle. It's changed from 10 months ago to now, so I've expanded uh, you know, my impact and my carbon footprint is a little bit less than it was, okay? So that's my advice. The only thing I could say to you guys is that as you get older, get more vocal about uh, public transportation. Um, 
If any of you have ever traveled to Europe, and hopefully one day you all will, you'll see how their mass transportation system is excellent. They don't depend on cars like we do. So the thing is, as you get older, be more vocal. Start demanding it. And then basically it's, it'll be a better place for everybody. Because sooner or later, our gas will start going back up to four or five bucks a gallon. Once the economy comes back, it will go back up. Yeah. That's the only thing I could say. Yeah, Jane. Yeah. Um, just kind of like piggyback off what everyone just said here at the panel. Um, initially, just find what you're passionate about, and you'll find a sustainable niche. Um, the most energy you can take it as, you know, what 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 brings you the most energy? Is it, you know, mathematics or biology or running or, you know, helping out other people and just finding how that just, th there's ways to be, you know, sustainable. If you feel like, you know, volunteering, instead of driving your car to, you know, like the soup kitchen, try riding your bike and if that's too far away, try taking the bus or try carpooling and then, you know, with carpooling, you know, with the side rides, you, you're, you're creating a new relationship with somebody who you've never met or maybe you've kind of met before in class and, you know, with that, you know, 20-minute car ride to Morian Valley, you're learning, you know, new things about that person every day. Um, you know, control what you can control. You can't change the world by yourself, um, but you can do what you can. You know, I think that's a really great point. Um, and be vocal. Um, I think, you know, we're, it is, it's true, you know, gas is going to be $4 again, but we don't really need individual, like, automobiles to get to the place where everyone's going. You know, um, you can ride your bike, you can, you know, um, take the bus, take a train. Um, this whole idea of that, you know, every single person needs to have their own individual car to get to one big place, to me it just it, it doesn't make sense. If we're all going to the same place, you know, why can't we all share the, the same transportation, like ride together? I don't know, that's just me. And I understand people, you know, need their time alone in their car sometimes, you know, or, you know, walking to school or, you know, maybe just have headphones and we just say, hey, I just need, you know, alone time. But um, when it comes down to it, you know, cars are going to be a thing of the past. Um, gas is a non-renewable resource, um, and it's how you use it ultimately is how long it's going to be here for, I guess. Um. Thank you very much. The four of you are obviously doing a great deal with your um, committees and your consortiums and your personal efforts and tasks. However, uh, even though you are all working toward creating a more sustainable environment, I know that Moraine Valley is still facing a great deal of obstacles. I was wondering if each of you could go down the line. Um, Rick, I think we'll start with you down at the end. What is one of the major obstacles facing us here at Moraine Valley, if there is one, and what do we need to do as a group to start to overcome that? I guess what it comes down to the major obstacle is probably is funding. Um, the economy's bad, taxes are collecting taxes down, uh, money from the government is less. Unfortunately, our costs go up. Um, to many everybody here is this year, we will break the $2 million mark a year for, for our electric and gas. That's what the college will pay. So the thing is, is the biggest obstacle to our department is how to run this place more efficiently um, and cut our energy costs if possible. Um, our enrollments keep going up. You guys keep driving your cars, and don't get me wrong, we're running out of spots for parking lots. I know it's a big concern here. But remember, every time you see a parking spot out there, it costs us close to $3,000 to create every new parking spot. That's what it costs to put one in. 
So that, if I was for me, my obstacles is funding and running the place more efficiently and getting more, as the most we can for our buck. Rick stole my answer. Um, you know, but again, I, I wanted to say funding or money also, but uh, there's another side to that because funds are becoming more and more restricted um, in some of the collaborations that we're doing. I mean, because all of the community colleges are not going to qualify or be able to get the funding that we were able to get at Moraine, they are very willing to collaborate with us so they can they can replicate the programs we're doing at their colleges. So the lack of funding has caused an opportunity to occur where we will share resources and share and collaborate with each other as community colleges. And it's the same within the community. I mean, the community doesn't have the funding available to do everything that they want to do. So that forces us into a situation of collaboration. So while it's limiting us in one way, in another way it's opened a couple of doors for us. So that's what I would like to say. I think, um, you know, it's, e it's easy to say money is definitely a barrier, uh, and, and it is. It's obviously, you know, there's a lot of things, green technologies, et cetera, that just cost a ton of money. Um, but one of my biggest challenges or barriers, I think, um, as a sustainability coordinator with the charges that have been given to me um, would be, I think, is really getting everybody from the students to the adjunct faculty, to the full-time faculty, to the administrative staff, throughout the entire campus community, translating the just absolute need for us to be going this way, to be going to this fully energy efficient, to uh, you know, using sustainable transportation, conserving our water. Why are we forced to double print on paper? What? I don't get it. You know, translating why that's so important. What is the payoff that will happen now and how is that payoff for you in the future or for us in the future as a community? So that's one of the biggest um, challenges I see. But then also, um, you know, collecting all of the things that are going on right now that individuals are doing within their own departments um, and, and also getting that information out to you is going to be a huge task. I don't see that as necessarily a, a giant barrier, though. I just see it as kind of a fun challenge, um, is going around and, and still getting to know all these new faces and people and getting to know the student body clubs and what are they doing in sustainability and, you know, um, highlighting what other departments are doing so that everybody here, no matter how much time you spend here on campus, if you're here for one summer class and that's it, you've gotten the information that Moraine Valley is striving towards sustainability as a whole. It's not just the administrative staff that's doing it, it's also the student body, it's the facilities staff, it's you know workforce development, the faculty, etc. And um, that I really want to see happen, but to also be 100% um, confident that I can say that confidently, that you can say that confidently, yes, Moraine is doing all of these things and we're succeeding at them. We had uh, Michelle Zrowski, Assistant Professor in Biology Department, join us. Michelle, if you wouldn't mind talking about what you think are the real obstacles facing Moraine Valley and what maybe we can do to overcome them. I'm going to talk from the academic side, and especially as a biologist who's a scientist, um, my job here at Moraine, I have a little bit of time to help faculty understand the issues behind sustainability. And one of the biggest challenges is 
that people don't understand that climate change is actually happening. Um, the science, what it says, the science out there says that climate change is happening and that it is human-induced. There are no peer-reviewed, scientifically published articles that say otherwise. There is a lot of false information out there, and that's the challenge, is to get people to understand what is real information and what is made up or fictitious. And um, so I'm helping faculty to understand how to kind of navigate through all the information that's out there. Some of the other challenges are, are that um, how, you fix, how do you put in climate change into a math class or into an economics class? And I want to help faculty to find the avenue in which they can uh, find the appropriate way to insert it. So really when we look at sustainability, there's what's called a triple bottom line. The triple bottom line, it looks at sustainability through three different eyes. One is through the environment, of course, and then the second one is through the economy, which we're seeing now that the way that we live our lives has a huge impact on the economy. I mean, just for example, if we used all renewable energy on the earth, we would have no cost to fuel our homes, our cars, the college itself, right? That would be a huge savings right there. So there's an economic issue. And then the third one is social. If we think about some of the issues of the way we produce things that are toxic, like plastic bottles, for example, well, who produces them? Where are they from? What kind of people are working in the factories who get treated poorly? They work 18-hour days. Some of them are children. That's a social issue that equates to the environmental aspects of sustainability as well as economic. So it's kind of connecting with faculty and finding out, well, which avenue helps them to appropriately insert this topic into their curriculum. If I can just interject one thing there. I think... Um, um, I think that a really good example of that, if you're trying, if you're sitting here thinking to yourselves, what is Michelle talking about? How on earth could my English teacher work this into his or her curriculum? Um, behind you are some really interesting posters that definitely touch on the triple bottom line, and they're from the geography class, geography club. So um, that's a great representation of what the academic side is trying to do to focus on sustainability. Um, I think you guys are all like, wow, this is a lot of information. What am I going to do? We're all going to like perish under the sun. <laughs> it's not necessarily like that. Um, I think um, one of the biggest, I wouldn't say the biggest, like what Stephanie said, a fun challenge is to um, get individuals who are students just interested about, you know, sustainability and, you know, everyone just, you know, understanding that they're not going to be, you know, biologists or environmentalists or, you know, anything really related to science, but how could I still understand what sustainability is and how is it affecting, you know, the, the world around me? Um, and it's okay to, like, if you don't know everything. I don't know really much about, you know, chemistry. I'm not that well at, you know, doing math problems, um, but... I still am interested about the world around me through the social lens and through, you know, the biological lens. And, you know, I'm not a biology major. Um, I don't know everything from a chromosome or mitosis, um, whatever that may be. <laughs> but I'm interested and, I, you know, I want to learn. And, you know, even though I don't want to take a test on it, you know, um, I still, you know, I think it will help you just understand, like, how this is affecting you know, our society. And I think another thing, just going back to the whole culture, is that, you know, we were, we're, we're living in this 
false reality that, you know, we have to consume, 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 and live the American dream and have that white picket fence and your 12 kids and your, you know, wonderful job and everything. And the reality is, is if we keep living that life, how are we going to have that white picket fence if we have all these kids and this huge population? And, you know, I'm not saying you can't have kids, and I'm not saying you shouldn't not have kids. But, you know, just realizing, you know, what's attainable um, and what's just this souped-up, like, fantasy that, you know, our culture is just lying to us and yes you can do this you have to do this you know just just um just being aware and just finding out you know the the myths and the truths of everything yeah. thank you quick quick correction the posters in the back are from the honors economic class so we thank them for that but um other no 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 it's all good it's all good um, but other faculty member for example um I teach a communications course, and in my class, I have students give persuasive speeches about how to help and save the environment. So um, if, if you are a student, go ahead and ask your teacher, how are you infusing um, this into your curriculum? You know, if they're not, ask them to do so. Um, so they might not enjoy you, but I think it's a good idea. Ask them. Ask them how to do that. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, I know that there are some classes that... Uh, people in the audience can take both, um, you know, academic and non-credit classes. Um, Michelle, you haven't been here, so maybe could you talk about some of the um, online courses and workshops and seminars that people could enroll in to learn more about sustainability? So the, the main job that I'm doing is working with faculty themselves, so I'm just providing avenues for faculty to do some online training for them to learn, faculty who are outside of biology to learn, well, what is sustainability and how can I meaningfully incorporate it into my curriculum? I do an online course that's six weeks and we have a lot of really great conversations and discourse online. It's excellent. It's through our Maureen Valley Learning uh, Academy. So that's been a really excellent experience for faculty to kind of jump in and just get a little taste of it. Next summer, I'll have a, that'll be expanded. It's what we're going to call the Prairie Project. And faculty will come for 16 hours within one week, and they'll have this intensive space to really kind of focus on sustainability and their curriculum. Other things that I'll be doing are things like what Troy has done this year in connection with the uh, one book program, The Garbage Land, as he's had a lot of really good speakers who have come and talked about different aspects of sustainability. I'm going to continue on what Troy has started and still make those kind of speakers available every semester so that we will have that theme kind of continuing on beyond this semester. So those are some of the things that I'm doing to help faculty out. All right. Um, I think I'd like to, in our last 15 minutes or so, open up the um, for questions. If anybody in the audience has questions, we'll open up the panel to include some of the audience members. Do anybody have any questions? Yeah. Okay. The question is, with the Moraine Valley carpooling, is there any way to check for driving records and safety issues that might occur? Does anybody know the answer to that? It has um, questions that ask about preference, uh, and then it gives you the ability to ask or note other things. So if you sign up and somebody contacts you and says, absolutely, man, I got a car, let's go, uh, you could reply saying, so 
are you a careful driver <laughs> or whatever it is that is your concern but it does it does prompt for things like um, smoking or non-smoking music loud or not on um, speed fast or moderate slow you know those kinds of things just the, the creature comfort kinds of of uh, questions but then it does allow you to I mean you don't sign up and, you're, and then you're automatically committed to riding with somebody. There's a, a level of communication that goes on before that commitment is made. So you can do that. But as far as checking driving records and things like that, I'm pretty sure it doesn't go through that process. That's a really good question. Um, one of the things uh, SciRide does offer is you can link your Facebook um, profile to um, your SciRide profile. and. You know, maybe if you're not interested in giving or receiving rides or, you know, carpooling at Moraine, the, the application um, is on Facebook. It's called ZimRide. So maybe you don't want to go to Moraine Valley. You want to go to Mexico. And maybe you just want to, like, post it on there, like, hey, I've got a car. I want to go to Mexico. Who wants to come with? Or, hey, who wants to go to Mexico? I can't drive. I mean, so it's not just limited. Like, SciRide is limited to Moraine Valley. But ZimRide, it's, a, um, it's an application on Facebook. If you guys search it, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, and the, you can always look at someone's profile and you can always, you know, hey, can I have your contact information? Can we meet beforehand? Um, just so, I mean, I think it's a really, really good precaution. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Yes, go ahead. Okay, with the concern about energy and consumption of energy, um, what can we do or why isn't the temperatures in the classroom regulated? Um, any, does anyone feel comfortable? I'll take it. Okay. We set all the classroom spaces, offices around here at 70 degrees in, in the winter months. What building are you talking about? Talking about <laughs> <laughs> Nope. No, I, 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 you're right. You guys are just smoking hot? Okay. Okay. Well, I have a question for you. You're the instructor? Okay. Have you contact, have you called in? Yes. And nobody's come to look at it? How long have you been having the problem? All semester. All semester. Well, for one thing, there's no excuses. The thing is, is what you have up in the ceiling is a 30-year-old HVAC unit, okay? And that's true. They're scheduled to be replaced over the next two or three years. Actually, the remodeling of A and B starts uh, in September, and about half of these old units are going to be replaced. What I can do, you always have a problem with the ventilation system on the outside walls. This time of the year, when you go from winter to spring, to summer, because we can only produce hot water or chilled water to heat or cool. Sometimes you get stuck in between. All I can say is I've got a complaint now for B183. I will have the men go over there, the maintenance guys, and we will take a look at that unit ventilator. We'll regulate the stat, and we'll do the best we can to get it fixed. And I can say to any of the faculty at the school, you got a problem, you're not happy with the service, give me a call, they'll be back. Okay. <laughs> so voicing concerns, good idea. All right, other questions? 
All right, would everybody on our panel like to say any last comments, um, anything that they didn't get to say yet that they would still like um, to voice out to our audience? Okay, the question was, what is Moraine's carbon footprint? And we don't know that, but how can we figure it out? You can go, you can individually, you can figure out. It's, it's kind of a simple thing for individuals to figure theirs out, all right? With this school and business, it gets a little bit more complex. So what we've done is we have to have a baseline. We decided that 2008 was our baseline. So what we're doing, we've hired an engineering firm collect the data from our, all our energy bills, down to the point of looking how much air travel our faculty or staff uses every year. Then we're also looking at the number of cars or the average mileage that our, our staff use to drive here. There's certain criteria that we're doing, and we're starting to compile that information now. But we wanted to get through 2008, get our baseline down so we know where we are and what we can do to start improving things. Um, Hopefully, within the next uh, few months, we should have our carbon footprint, and then from there on, we'll take it and we'll take the necessary steps to see what we can do to reduce it. But we had to figure out what our baseline was first. So we are we're starting. Yes. Right. The question was, is with trying to reduce our carbon footprint and be sustainable, the question was about textbooks and why are textbooks switched out so much. Um, I, I can start to answer that, Michelle. You can, no, go ahead. Um, textbooks sometimes are switched out not by school or instructor choice, but by the manufacturing company of the textbook. So normally textbooks are... Um, updated every two to three years and so sometimes we don't have a choice with that however uh, I know with our textbook committee for the communications department we are trying our best to go online so that way we can not print out textbooks or have hard copies but I know some teachers in um, academic departments are looking to actually get electronic books to save on paper and costs that way um, so I know that's one thing that the communications department is doing, but I can't speak for all departments. Um, Michelle, do you want to add to that at all? Yeah, there's. Uh, I know for the book that we use, one of the reasons why we chose that book because there is an option to do an ebook that students can, for a reduced price, instead of buying the paper book, they can buy the ebook, and you have access to it. You can either download it onto your computer, which is a huge file, or you can just access it as you need it through an online source. So that's one of the things that I know in the biology department we made a choice towards that because of sustainability. Now, how many students use that? Very few because people are so trained into having something in their hands. So hopefully, you know, if people kind of think about what's more convenient for them and as well as the environment, um, maybe they'll start making those ch those changes. I mean, some of it is savings. Like if you see a savings associated with choosing the ebook over the paper book, that might influence some choices. 
Can I go back to the footprint real quick? Okay. Um, to go back to the carbon footprint question, um, first, I think it's fantastic that uh, Rick and Maureen are moving forward with getting that benchmarking done because once we understand what our overall carbon footprint is, we can start working to reduce that. And um, carbon emissions are what we're using as a term carbon footprint, CO2. Whenever you hear that, we're using that as a jump term for um, all the gases that lead to global climate change. So just so you quickly understand that. If you want to understand your own carbon footprint, there are several websites. Just do a Google eco footprint, carbon footprint, whatever, and that will help you understand what your individual daily routine does. So um, it looks at, some of them look as deep as like, you know, do you drink coffee and where does it come from? If it is uh, fair, fair label, fair labor, et cetera. Um, but it also talks about eating local foods. Um, it does, do you eat local foods or do you eat foods that come from thousands of miles away? If you eat from thousands of miles away, then your carbon footprint is obviously going to be higher because it takes more energy to get you there. So um, carbon footprint will definitely help you understand your whole energy consumption and, and carbon emission release. And I, I suggest that you do that so you have a good understanding of what we're talking about. Calculated the carbon footprint of the Dean of Workforce Development walking across campus versus driving across campus, just for her credit. So, uh. <laughs> Other questions? <clears throat> Final comments? One of the most important things you can do as students is, again, you know, educate yourself, get as much knowledge as you can. Credit, non-credit, uh, over in workforce development, we have a lot of courses that are non-credit, short-term in nature, recycling, uh, solar, etc. So if you look in your summer mailer, which I think arrived like this week at your homes, um, you know, look at the courses that are in there, and here's a list of courses going on at the remainder of spring and summer semester. So by all means, help yourself. If any of you are interested in kind of promoting sustainability at Moraine, contact any one of us. We're happy to help you get involved. We'd really like to see students get more involved. We have a lot of support on the faculty side as well as the staff side. And the one thing we're kind of missing are students. So we would love, love, love for you guys to help us out. I guess my last comment is just not to be, not to feel overwhelmed and just pick one part of you know, this sustainability talk and just kind of do a little more research or talk to more people about it and just exchange ideas. Um, don't let, you know, this this culture of having all this information being fluttered, flood, flooded with it and just, you know, f just forget about it, you know, just push it aside. Just really don't, don't let the idea of sustainability, like, drown you out, you know, like, oh, this is too much. I can't handle this. I'm just going to go back to, you know, my classes or, you know, my work schedule or my social schedule. Just kind of, just sit with it and just think about it and just day by day, you know, again, what I said, we're not asking everyone to um, save, every person to save the world, you know, or not the individual alone to save the world. We're asking like, for a critical mass. And I think that's the greatest thing you guys can appreciate is that we're not in this alone, you know. It's not just you and your chemistry test. It's, you know, the world helping the world. This, that's my last comment. Just don't, don't, don't be afraid that you can't do anything or you can't ask any questions or you know, try and start something up or participate in something and 
just say, yeah, I don't really know anything about composting. You know, can you share something with me? People would be more than happy to, you know, share what they know. I think Jane brought up a really good point is, you know, if you're feeling like there's too much, you have to make too many changes, choose one thing and make a change. You can see, like, Stephanie, I, and John, we all have our own bottles of water, different receptacles That was my New Year's resolution, no more bottles yeah. of water. <laughs> so choose one thing. And, you know, what you find is maybe if you're like, this is $17.99, that's too expensive for me. If you think about how many bottles at the vending machine that is, that's only, like, 10 bottles. So in 10 bottles, you've got a bottle that you can keep forever and you yeah, can keep using. Yeah. <laughs> so choose one thing, make a change, something you can feel good about, and then once you feel good about that, comfortable, go to the next thing. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Well, I thank the panelists. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to say thank you again for uh, welcoming me to Moraine Valley Community College. I definitely agree with the closing thoughts here to, to just take it in as you can. Um, but do take it in and uh, also if there's anything um, like Michelle said the one thing that we are kind of lacking is is a larger student involvement and that's something that I would love to achieve here so if there's anything from a student or faculty or staff member um, realm that you feel like me as the sustainability coordinator or us as the sustainability team can address to help moving sustainability forward here at, at Moraine, please do not hesitate to reach out, contact me. Um, it's an open door policy as far as my office door is concerned. Thank you. Right, so I'll thank the panelists. Thank you, um, Troy Swanson, for putting this all together. And I definitely want to thank you, the audience. Um, obviously, you care about education enough to come and participate in being a good audience member. So uh, I assume that most of us will stay up here for the next few minutes. So if you have any questions that you didn't feel comfortable voicing in front of the entire group, come on up, talk to us on an individual level. And if you want to learn more about getting involved, um, please feel free to ask any of us. Okay, thank you, everyone. Round of applause for our... Two, two real quick announcements. Um, on April 28th, we have a special event for Mental Health Awareness Month sponsored by uh, the Psychology Department. Hope you can come. And on May 5th, we're welcoming um, noted author Harry Mark Petrakis, uh, very big name in the literary world, uh, free event, uh, very unique opportunity for us. So that's May 5th at 4.30 in the afternoon. I hope you will come and join us. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu library.